This is Bite Sized Blessings. Hello, everyone. Hello, 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 and welcome to episode six of Bite Sized Blessing. This is the podcast designed to strengthen your week and anchor your Christian walk. I am your host, Charles Eaton. Welcome back. Um, I hope you all had a good week. I had a hard week last week. It was a it was a really difficult week for me. Um, and I just want to take a second before we get into the bite to just shout out uh, my therapist. Shout out Sophia. Sophia the therapist, you're great. You do. I hope they pay you more. You deserve a raise. Um, it's, 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 it's so critical to, to actually go and talk to professionals when there are like serious issues going on. You know, there are some things that you can work out by yourself, but some things, no. Sometimes you really just got to go in and go in and, and talk to an expert and and really work out some things. And so I'm grateful for Sophia, the therapist, been seeing her for, for quite a while now, um, over a year or so. And she is, it's, it's just been phenomenal. So if you think that that might be you, that you might have some things to work out, especially now, like in this like really weird quarantine COVID-19 time where depression is up, mental illness is up, like people are, are not feeling themselves, like maybe you might want to look into it. I highly, highly recommend it. Um, so that I'm, I'm just grateful for, for therapy and being able to talk things out. It was, it was very helpful for me. And I just want to encourage you, if you feel like that might be you, uh, you should probably go in and do something about that. Um, so, uh, today's bite will be going into the new Testament. I'm going to be looking at one of my favorite stories. Uh, this bite is going to be taken from Mark chapter 10 verses 46 through 52, Mark 10 verses 46 through 52. I will be reading from the New Revised Standard Version, as I normally do, but whatever version you have is is fine. So, Mark 10, 46-52, and it reads like this. They came to Jericho. As he and his disciples and a large crowd were leaving Jericho, Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the roadside. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many sternly ordered him to be quiet, but he cried out even more loudly, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stood still and said, call him here. And they called the blind man, saying to him, take heart, get up, he is calling you. So throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. Then Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, my teacher, let me see again. Jesus said to him, go, your faith has made you well. Immediately, he regained his sight and followed him on the way. This is a rich, rich story. Um, every single verse adds something to the text. There's, there's almost too much here to, to completely talk about in uh, the time that we have, but but there is there's a lot. Um, the first thing I want to point out, right, is the name that Bartimaeus calls Jesus, right, when he's trying to get his attention. He doesn't say um, any regular name. He specifically uses the term son of David. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And I think this name is is significant because of what it denotes about how Bartimaeus views 
who Jesus is, right? To call Jesus the son of David is to link Jesus's lineage that to that of David's. Bartimaeus in his uh, naming of Jesus links, links Jesus to the royal line of Israel, to the royal house. It is the sons of David who are the kings of Israel, um, it is David and his uh, progeny that God is blessing forever. This is Bartimaeus acknowledging Jesus as a part of that royal line, acknowledging Jesus's kingship and lordship. And this is um, this is particularly notable because so many other people specifically don't right. There are so many stories where people um, will refer to Jesus as teacher and rabbi and and things that are you know honorific, sure, but stop far short of acknowledging lordship, kingship, royalty. Right. But Bartimaeus is going all the way. Bartimaeus is saying, "Son of David, royal king." This is this is how he chooses to address Jesus, and I think that's part of the reason why Jesus decides to um, give Bartimaeus attention is is in how the the honorific Bartimaeus use acknowledges Jesus's kingship um and then also right one of like look look at this right here you have Bartimaeus saying Jesus son of David have mercy on me many sternly ordered him to be quiet but he cried out even more loudly Whew. but he cried out even more loudly isn't 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 that I think for me specifically as uh, a black American in this country, there are just some verses that just speak to my experience. And that's one of them, right? This idea of I will not be silent because my protest disturbs you. I will cry out even more loudly. Like, whoo, like I can, mm, that'll preach. Uh, I will not allow your discomfort to silence uh, my pleas for self-advocacy, I will cry out even more loudly. Um, they're like, yeah, they're just some verses in the Bible that speak to specifically to my experience as a black American. And this one, which Bartimaeus could have been discouraged by the people ordering him to be quiet. He could have let them get to him. He could have let them like, oh, I'm sorry, you know, excuse me. I didn't mean to disturb y'all peace. My bad. Y'all got it. No, he didn't. He didn't. He, 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 he overcame their silencing of his protest by being louder. And I really appreciate that, especially now, especially as a black American. They ordered him to be quiet, but he cried out even more loudly. Hallelujah, man. That's, that's, whew, that'll hit. Um, but also, <clears throat> you know, this idea of many sternly ordering him to be quiet, that's, that's, that has stuck with me a little bit. Um, and I did some research and we're going to walk with me. We're going to go to a place. Um, so there's an act called the Americans with Disabilities Act of 1990. It's commonly known as the ADA, right? And the ADA was put in place and it was designed to make it illegal to discriminate against Americans with disabilities, right? In a couple different areas. Um, two of the areas in particular where you could not, the act is designed to make it illegal to decide to like fire someone because they are, they have a disability. Um, just like, you know, it's, you can't fire someone because they're black. You can't fire someone because they're a woman. Um, this act would have equated um, those things legislatively and said, well, you can't fire someone or not hire someone because of their, they have a disability. You can't discriminate 
on employment based on disability. Um, and this act, sadly, interestingly, was opposed by several different Christian organizations um, when it was proposed. Um, those Christian organizations, um, one of them, the Association of Christian Schools and the National Association of Evangelicals, right? Um, the National Association of Evangelicals, they opposed the ADA because they did not want to be subject to the non-discriminatory, um, the non-discriminatory hiring practices, which would have been imposed on the ADA. They wanted basically churches to be able to discriminate against the disabled and to decide to fire or not hire someone based on a disability. Um, and there was also uh, an argument by the Association of Christian Schools um, who opposed the ADA because they did not want to have to have churches bear the cost of making their buildings disability accessible, right? Because part of what the ADA would have done is um, public accommodations um, would have had to have been accessible to people with disabilities. And that would have meant churches would have to um, redo their entrances and and restructure their their building, the actual physical building, in order to accommodate people with disabilities. And so, you know, somewhat sadly, Christianity. There's lots of religions in this country. Christianity was the only religion that was opposed to the passing of the ADA. Um, the only one, you know, you know, Muslims, Hindus, you know, all these other people, um, they have their own houses of worship, but it was, it was Christians that said, you know, we actually don't want the ADA passed. We want to be able to discriminate in our employment practices. We want to, we don't want to have to, um, have churches, um, expand or reconstruct a little bit in order to, um, allow the disability to, to enter. Um, and you know, the cost argument, I, 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 I understand a little bit, I'm not, I'm not overly sympathetic, I'll be honest, but I, I get the point. There are some small churches, you know, you know, it's hard to have, you know, a 50, 60 person church and you bear the cost of construction. You know, I, I get that. So I'm a, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit sympathetic. I don't think it's a good argument, but I can at least understand that. Um, the argument about employment, it, it honestly just breaks my heart. It honestly just breaks my heart. It, it's, it's really sad, especially since, you know, no other you know, religion is, is advancing these arguments. Um, and why I bring that up here in this context, um, many sternly ordered him to be quiet, but he cried out even more loudly. The crowd plays a really interesting role in the story of Bartimaeus. The crowd initially, you know, you would think these are the crowd that's following. This is not randoms, right? This is a crowd that is following Jesus. They are listening to his teaches. They are traveling with him. And their first reaction to someone with a disability seeking to get Jesus's attention is to silence that person, right? Their first reaction is to oppose the ADA, right? We are not going to try and increase access for you. We are going to intend, we're not even going to be silent, right? It's one thing to be silent. It's another thing to try to increase access. We are going to oppose your presence. We are going to be a roadblock in your way, something that you must overcome in order to get to Jesus. These are the people that are following Jesus. And that's just, that's just tragic, right? To, to, to take it upon yourself to literally be the stumbling block, to intentionally be the roadblock um, in the path uh, to prevent someone to get to Jesus. And I think that's why when Jesus answers, right, verse 49 says, Jesus stood still and said, call him here. This is, this is, you got to see the rebuke in that, right? You got to, you got to close read that thing. Call him here. Um, 
look at all the other responses Jesus could have said, right? Jesus could have said, um, I'm coming, right? Jesus could have said, um, I will come to you. Jesus could have said, Bartimaeus, come here. I will see you. Jesus didn't say any of that. Jesus, G- Bartimaeus calls to Jesus and Jesus responds to the crowd, right? Bartimaeus says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. The crowd says, shh, Bartimaeus, when you're trying to hear all that, you know, don't disturb the service, don't disturb the peace, relax. And Jesus doesn't respond to Bartimaeus. He tells the crowd, the same crowd that had been silencing Bartimaeus, he tells them, call him here. Jesus turns the crowd, the people who had opposed Bartimaeus, the people who had attempted to silence Bartimaeus, the people who wanted Bartimaeus out the way, Jesus turns them into the instrument by which and through which Bartimaeus can get to Jesus. Jesus turns the crowd from a stumbling block into the vehicle of Bartimaeus's access. Right? It's like a reminder, like, this is who you're supposed to be. You're not supposed to be the people who are in the way. You are supposed to be the people who initiate access, the people who are the vehicle of access. You have been following me. You know what I've been teaching. People are trying to get to me. You are not in the way. You should be assisting. Right? He puts the crowd back into the place that they should be. Um, and, and, and look at Bartimaeus's response, right? Moving off that. Look at Bartimaeus's response. Um... Bartimaeus throws off his cloak, springs up, and, and goes to Jesus. That throws off his cloak is, is significant, right? So the beggar's cloak is the thing that sort of identifies them as the beggar. They spread it out on the ground. They sit on it. That's like their begging platform, right? But more to the point, right, like Bartimaeus is blind. Bartimaeus is blind. He can't see. So if he's throwing off his cloak and then going to Jesus, I am seeing this as an act of faith in what is about to happen in his life. Bartimaeus recognizes that he is about to have an opportunity with the divine and he's not going to worry about finding his cloak again, right? Because if you're blind and you throw off your cloak and you go to someone in a crowd, think about how easy it is to get turned around. You might, you, it could be a real struggle to find that cloak again. Bartimaeus isn't concerned about that though. He threw off his cloak in response to Jesus's call because he's anticipating not going back to the cloak, That cloak was a symbol of where he was. And now that Jesus is calling him, though he is still blind, he's like, oh, I don't need this anymore. And he doesn't need it anymore while he's still blind. That's the faith, right? He's throwing off his cloak in anticipation of the healing. He hasn't been healed yet, but he sees it coming. And he's willing to leave behind the marker of his begging because to him, he's not going to need it anymore. That's act. Oh man, that's 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 powerful faith. Powerful faith. Um, so Bartimaeus throws off his cloak, springs up, comes to Jesus, and then Jesus says, "What do you want me to do for you? Mm, mm, mm. What do you want me to do for you?" There is a sp- specific humanity offered in that question, right? You have. Bartimaeus is blind. The text says he's blind. Blind Bartimaeus. He's begging. Think of what Jesus could have said. Jesus could have said, Bartimaeus, I see that you're blind. Uh, Be well. Jesus could have said, hello, Bartimaeus. I'm going to heal your sight. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. 
right? Bartimaeus has already acted on faith. All that's left is the healing. But Jesus allows Bartimaeus to self-define his problem. Jesus does not assume that Bartimaeus is coming to have his sight restored. Jesus allows Bartimaeus to say, what is it that you need? Gives Bartimaeus the space to self-define his issue. And there is like a special type of humanizing in that, right? Like it's so often we see people who have, who are going through something visible and we assume that because we recognize that they have some type of visible struggle, that the visible struggle that they have is all that's on their mind, right? We see it. And so we say, oh, wow, this must be the thing that they're chiefly concerned about. Maybe, but maybe not right? Just because you see somebody struggling with something doesn't mean that that struggle is the biggest thing in their existence to them right now. They could be worried about 50 other different things. And yeah, I'm blind, but I'm also worried about this and this and this and this and this. And these things are what's taking up my mind. And so I appreciate Jesus giving Bartimaeus the space to self-define his issue. I appreciate Jesus not assuming that Bartimaeus is just coming to have his sight restored, but allows Bartimaeus the opportunity to say, this is my problem. This is what I am concerned about. So we have some discussion questions um, for today. So the first discussion question is this. I am interpreting the primary role of Christian disciples to be the vehicle by which people have increased access to Christ, right? I believe Christian disciples, the primary role of Christian disciples, of followers in Christ, of followers of Christ, is to increase access to Christ. Um, so the first question is, do you agree with me that that is uh, the primary role of Christian disciples? Um, and if so, what do you think you can do or what are you doing in your day-to-day -day life that increases access to Christ, to people who do, does not know, to people who do not know Jesus as well as you do. What can you do to increase access to Christ for those people? And then the second question um, is, faith is something that I really struggle with sometimes. I, I like working with what I can see uh, and seeing what I can work with. Working um, without knowing everything is, is difficult and is a struggle for me. And I am really inspired by Bartimaeus' ability to throw off his cloak before he gets his healing, to leave his cloak behind while he is still blind. So my question is, are there times and places in your life where you have had the faith of Bartimaeus, where you, were, where you threw off your cloak in advance of something that you believed was coming? And, and how did that feel for you? Was it, was it scary? Was it exciting? Was it, were you nervous about it? Did you, were you like, oh man, did you need a backup plan? Like, what if this doesn't work? How did, how did that feel for you to go through an experience like that? Okay, let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for this beautiful, beautiful uh, Sunday morning, Father. I pray that you um, imbue us with strength and perseverance to get through this week. I pray that uh, we are able to read your word and come away with insights into what we can do in our own life to have a better relationship with you in order to better love the people around us. I thank you um, just for, for this episode, for this bite. I pray that it is beneficial. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, that is the bite for this week. That's episode six of Bite Size Blessings. 
Um, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at, at BitesizeBlessed. You can follow me on Twitter at ChuckRox, C-H-U-K-R-O-X-X. Um, feel free to leave a comment. Feel free to uh, hit me up on Twitter. Tell me what you like, what's working for you, what's not working for you. You know, this is a conversation. I, I love hearing from you. I get I get comments and, and, and they warm my heart. I appreciate you all. And I just want to thank you all for watching. This has been episode six of Bite-Sized Blessings.